0: We thank you, God, for your presence that is here with us so tangibly. We just thank you that you're a good God and you love us so much. And we just open up our hearts now as we come to the word, God, expectant and hungry. And, yeah, I just thank you for what you're, you get to do this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rosie and Adam. How beautiful are they? And just in case you... Didn't notice under Rosie's jumper, but she's about to have a baby next (laughs) term. So I feel like we've got to savour. Obviously, Rosie will be taking care of the baby for a little while. So it's really nice that we can have Rosie worship leading with us. It'd probably be your last time before you have the baby, I think. So we're going to worship at the end and just make the most of it. Obviously, we've we've got amazing worship and praise leaders here, but there is just such a beautiful anointing on Rosie's life and Adam together. You two were beautiful. So I've pretty much got a shorter message today, and I I think it would be really nice to come back to worship at the end. I I had prepared... um, a message. I've been listening to, oh actually, before I, I missed something I was going to say, and a shout out to Lisa too, because Adam said this morning, we said, how was your morning? Did you know Lisa get to have a special morning? He said, no, I pretty much said, hey Lisa, see you out the door, happy Mother's Day, because he came here to practice and prepare to bless us, so there's always someone behind the scenes releasing the the musicians, so thank you Lisa for sacrificing perhaps what could have been breakfast in bed so that we could all worship this morning, oh, makes me cheery. Um, Yes, I think she said she's put in an order for a quiet afternoon. See how that goes. (laughs) Um, And I thought of this too. Esther wrote a little Mother's Day card. Well, she didn't write it, but it was written by the preschool people, and she had done a drawing, and there was buttons on it, and it said, "Mums are like buttons. They hold us all together. They hold everything together." And I just thought, shout out to my mum and all the beautiful mums who hold everything together, like Lisa. Where would we be without our mums? Happy Mother's Day um, to all of you, beautiful ladies. Okay. So, but what I was saying, I had prepared a message. I had heard a message from Judah Smith, and he spoke about the Garden of Eden and how there was four observations in there about what was God's original environment for our soul to flourish. And it was such an awesome message. So, I wanted to share that with you. But then I started to write the introduction, and I thought this introduction is too long. It's a message in itself. So, I think this morning I'm going to share with you some thoughts about kids, about the largeness of God. And then next time I speak in a couple of weeks, I'm going to share about the Garden of Eden. So you've got to have to come to church and hear the second part. That's a little teaser. But back to the introduction. I'm realizing some of my Mother's Day reflections. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Who was here last week and saw the video of the kids? Um, Dad, Pastor Mark did a great message on the word and how it's a rock for our life. And then we just played a little video of my kids talking about how they love the Bible. And I've just been thinking how important it is as a mum. And not just as a mum. I think as parents, as grandparents, maybe as older ones in the faith and more mature, to build into the next generation, it's so important for us to be discipling our kids in their faith. And you know, we teach them to eat vegetables, as Kath said. Um, Lucy said so well. She's been taught, and we help them with their math and their English, and we encourage them to exercise and be healthy. But how also how much more important or just as important is it to help them grow in their faith as well and be healthy in the things of God and understand that in a greater way. And I saw a mum write this week, I think Hannah Marchant from the Equippers Church in New Zealand, shared it. And she said, I used to think my kids are on a, on a journey. I'm just going to let them have their faith journey. Like, just back off. It's their journey to have. They'll figure it out as they go. And she said, but then I realised Do we apply that in other areas of life? Like, oh, I'll just let them eat whatever they want. They can help themselves to the fridge. They'll figure it out as they go? Or do we get to a road and say, oh, just let them cross. They'll figure it out as they go. <laughs> They'll learn their lesson. We don't act like that or apply that same principle in every other area of life. If we come to a road, we grab their hand and we hold them and we lead them. And I just think in terms of discipling our kids in their faith, there's definitely something to be apprehended of us leading and being strategic about discipling our kids in their faith. And that's what this mum said. I came to the conclusion that just as I teach my kids all these things in every other area of life, I actually want to teach them and need to with their faith too it's not something that just unfolds willy-nilly so may we continue to lead our kids by example and guide them with wisdom and live by example as I said they're watching us for an example of spiritual discipline and of faith and Judah Smith I've heard him say this too he's an amazing preacher for those of you who don't know him from America and he said one his dad was also a minister and he said one of his greatest memories as a kid was wherever they went holidays traveling he'd always remember his dad in the morning or evening pulling out his bible and just reading it in front of the kids praying even amidst the chaos and I just think that's a beautiful picture and a reminder for us to be showing our kids how, how do we live this faith how we how do we read the bible how do we pray how do we be generous how do we worship show them but also teach them and take them on the journey with us even better And on that note, we're already teaching our kids about tithing. Some of you might know they were given an incredibly generous gift recently um, by someone God had put it on his heart to just give to the kids in this church and to give an amount to our kids personally. And um, that was a great opportunity to begin to explain to the kids, look, mum and dad believe what it says in the Bible about tithing and giving God first fruits and talking through that with them and what do you think would you like to do that of course they said yeah we want to we want to give God our first fruits we want to tithe on this gift and I just think um, for Josh and I we love to tithe on whatever comes our way not not just our income as such but gifts or inheritance or whatever comes our way we love to give the first fruits to God because is it not all his anyway and it's such a joy to give and I just believe as we're faithful with the little that God entrusts to us he's going to entrust us with more and the more we give as God flows in I just think it creates greater and greater largeness and greater capacity for us to be blessed to be a blessing so how awesome. And some of you might think, yeah, I know this. I've got to teach my kids about this. But I think it's good to be reminded. Let's be training up our kids in the word, in prayer, in tithing, in generosity. All these things. May we lead them well. And I shared on Vision Sunday, I spoke about how I'd had this dream about the kids running ahead in to grab all this fruit off the tree. And I spoke about how I believe in this season, the kids are going to run ahead of us. And I think, as it says in Psalm 127, Children are like arrows and, you know, we shoot them and they will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemy at the gate. And it says, as I said in that um, First Vision Sunday sermon, arrows go further than we can and they go where we point them. So obviously what I'm talking about is just pointing the arrow so that the kids can go further than us. And I just think it goes both ways too. I think we do need to disciple the young generation coming up. But I think they teach us so much and they challenge us along the way. My kids teach me a lot with their hunger, with their curiosity, with their faith and just with their, their wonder for the things of God. And it's sometimes a challenge just to keep up with them. Like our kids are begging us at night. I was talking to Sarah the other day and saying... They say most nights, please read our Bible with us, Mum and Dad. And like the older ones can read by themselves, but they love to do it with us. And the battle is not them, it's like us, like, oh, so tired. <laughs> Let's just do it tomorrow night. <laughs> just read it yourself. Um, so they're actually challenging us to be reading the word with them and to be pushing through our tiredness because they're so hungry. And I think, how good is that? Our kids are leading the way in that. And it says in Psalm 68, there's the little tribe of Benjamin leading the way. And Psalm 68 is all about scattering God's enemies and the procession of God's people going out to face their enemies. And they put the kids in the front. (laughs) Like it goes against logic, doesn't it? You think like protect the kids at the back, but there's something of great strength and authority and power on our kids. And that's why they're like arrows. And it says they will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gates. So God's doing something in our kids. May that just stir your heart. And I know that We're a next-generational-hearted church, and we're not just thinking the kids are out there being babysat. We know that they are the future, they are the present, and God is doing something in them. So I'm not really sure why I felt to say all this, but God put it on my heart, just to focus a little bit, maybe share some vision a little bit more um, of our heart around the kids. And I actually wanted to share with you, it's kind of um, a little bit random, but while I'm talking about kids, Tamana read out of this last week, Psalm 91, it was beautiful, And as I said, I'm learning a lot as I'm reading with the kids. I'm getting so much out of it. They are challenging me and I wanted to read something out of here in a moment that I just thought would be really um, cool for us this morning. And Lynn and mum, you were saying this morning something about the entrance of your word brings light or what was the other version that breaks it open for the simple? Break it open and the simple will understand. Break open the word and the simple will understand. So this is simple but powerful truths and it might seem like are we doing a kids church lesson but no I just think that What is in here is powerful and it's a word. So I'm going to read out of this this morning and we're going to have a bit of fun learning from Louis Giglio. For those who are listening on SoundCloud, hello. We're doing reading from Indescribable, 100 devotions about God and science. And if you've seen that movie, Indescribable by Louis Giglio and you loved it, you'll love this. Highly recommend it for your kids. Read it yourself. Like I said, there's some great little devotions in here. So buckle your seatbelts. Rosie might pop it up on the screen and I'll read and you can read up there oh it's a bit hard so I'll just read it but sorry Dean Rosie's up here (laughs) with your magical (laughs) powers. all right it's probably too small for you to read so some stars are huge I mean blow your mind huge there's one star that scientists call VY Canis Majoris, which is 1.7 billion miles wide. If Earth were the size of a golf ball, VY Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest, which is 29,029 feet tall. Wow! Like that's just the first sentence, mind-boggling. Stars are also powerful. The Eta Carinae star system is one of the brightest in our galaxy. It's 90 times bigger than our Sun and 5 million times brighter but even that's not the brightest dying stars can shine even brighter at one point during its death the supernova 1987 shone as brightly as 100 million of our suns it makes me a bit teary because I just think like this is the largeness of our God and the might of our God this is who we put our faith and our trust in And our God made them all and zillions more. That's how big and how mighty and how powerful our God is. So there is nothing in your life he can't handle. Got a bully bugging you? Ask God to help. Having trouble being kind to your brother or your sister or your son or your daughter or your wife or your workmate? Ask God to help. Is something else troubling you? You guessed it. Ask God to help. The one who made the stars will be right there with you. And I love this. Sometimes God will make the problem simply go away. Or he may send someone your way to help you, or he'll remind you of his word. But God will always walk you through the trouble, giving you his strength and his power to do the right thing, even when it's hard. There's no problem too big or too little for God to help you handle. It's just like the song says, our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. That's true. And do you think sometimes simply we just need to be reminded of this and maybe reminded of the largeness of God? We can get caught up on the finite. We can get caught up on the circumstances. And then sometimes when we read something like this and we're like, our God is truly so big and so magnificent. How uh, worthy is he of all our trust and all our faith? And the little prayer at the end and don't put up the next bit yet, but I'll just read this. God, I know there's nothing you cannot do, so I trust you to help me handle anything that comes my way today. And at the end, I just want to come back to that prayer. Whatever we're facing, we know there's nothing God cannot do, and may He stir faith in our hearts. And I just, um, the last thing, it says in the, the little be amazed part so far, the record for the biggest start in the universe goes to U.I. Scuti. It's a bright red supergiant located 9,500 light years away. Scientists believe it's 1,700 times bigger than our sun, but scientists continue to discover new stars all the time. So only God knows if U.I. Scuti really is the biggest star in the universe. So I had to get my head around this when I was reading it with Tamana because we were like, "Oh, what's a light year and how far is that? obviously a light year is if you were travelling at the speed of light for a year, Um, that's a light year, and in a light year, if you travelled at the speed of light for a year, this is, you would travel, I had to write it on my hand, 9.5 trillion kilometres. So, our universe is that big that there's a star 9,500 times 9.5 trillion kilometres away from us, like, That's just our universe and the crux of it, which I love, in Job 26, verse 14, this was the beginning of the devotion that Louis Giglio shared. And these are only a small part of God's works. We only hear a small whisper of him. So who can understand God's thundering power? So here Job's saying, what we see here on earth, what I'm reading about now, our universe is but a small whisper of God's greatness and his magnificence and his power. So what's heaven going to be like? What's eternity going to be like if this is just earth and the universe that we live in? I just think that is mind-boggling. Is anyone else mind-boggled by just how big our God is? So good. And, and this is why I could have read on and elaborated more on other things, but I was saying to Josh, do you think I need to like add more? And he said, just this, devotion, is enough to think on for weeks or months and years, just that. We don't want to take away from the power of that. Our God is so big. And Judas Smith says he believes our main calling in, in life is to be storytellers of the goodness, of the grace, of the majesty of God. So we've got this magnificent God and our calling in life is to be storytellers of his goodness, of his grace, of his might. And we do that with how we live and I just think it's a really powerful statement again we think oh yeah yeah, storytellers but I just think it's a great responsibility and a great privilege to be storytellers of the God who created all of this and it just made me think I saw another man write the, the other day a friend of mine on Facebook that truth today in our society is less absolute and he was talking about how we relate to people who don't know Jesus yet And I think, I thought, that's so true. And obviously, the truth hasn't changed. We still know the truth. And I hope we're continuing to grow in our understanding of the truth. But the way people perceive truth in our society has changed. And he said, you know, 30 years ago, we used to be able to do preaching rallies like Billy Graham and preach the truth and people would be saved and they would respond because it was like, yeah, that's the truth. Whereas in our society today, and everyone might have their different opinion, but I do believe that people's truth is far more fluid and it's far more open to their interpretation and their feelings and how they see things. And I thought that really does inform the way we relate to people. Perhaps as we're presenting the truth, some people are a bit more like, oh, it's not really my version of the truth, rather not go with that. And some people still, having said that, would prefer the facts of the gospel. They would prefer it spelled out. They want to understand it all in their heads. And it's good to be prepared to give an answer to people like that. But the point of this is, this man said, and I think it's true, in a world where society sees truth as less absolute... People are looking for an encounter with grace. They're looking for a story or a testament to the goodness of God. They can't argue with that. If truth is fluid, our experience isn't. Our experience is what we have felt, what we have been through, and it's something that we can share with others, and maybe it can open up a way for them to have an encounter with the God of grace. And I do believe, as people in our worlds have an encounter An experience with the power of God that that then opens up the way often for them to be able to receive the truth but there has to be something to soften their hearts first because our society is so hard-hearted and I just wanted to share that so that maybe in the way that we think in the way we relate we can realize oh society's shifted a bit from what it was 30 years ago and maybe it can help inform the way we relate to others so we're called to live as storytellers of the goodness and grace majesty of God and I love Sam has said this before and I'll come back to it Um, the story of our lives, of the goodness and the grace of God, is being written daily on the hearts of those we meet. And I just think that's beautiful. Everywhere we go, we're telling the story, the goodness of God. And back to Job, the Louis Giglio um, devotion, we might only see a whisper of him, but we have an opportunity to pass those whispers on every day, to reflect and to carry the image of God, the whisper of heaven, the whisper of hope, the whisper of eternity. And I was also thinking about whispers. You know, sometimes we have Chinese whispers, like you start with one message and then you go through everyone and at the end it's completely different. So I think (laughs) let's be careful of that when we're carrying the whisper of heaven. We can filter that through our hurt or our offence or our selfishness or our insecurity. And then by the end, the whisper is really distorted. So I think maybe we just pass on the whisper, the unadulterated pure whisper of heaven and God and kingdom in all his majesty and goodness and grace in its purest form and I know we're only human and sometimes like things get fuzzy but I think if we keep our hearts right before God if we keep in community if we keep accountable to one another it helps keep us fresh and it helps that new wine come so that we're not getting a bit crusty and things aren't getting a bit mixed up along the way. So, all good so far? Hang with me. So, as I said, this was my introduction, but I think it's just going to be the message for today. And um, the way that we live speaks louder than any words. And um, I was going to say I like to have things very detailed and complex, and so it was a challenge for me today to try and keep it simple. But I think um, God's, God's message, the power of the gospel, is simple really in essence, and it's powerful. All right, so our lives carry the whisper of heaven. And I was thinking about Zeke had a play date a week or two ago. Probably was it last weekend with his friend? I can't remember. And I saw his mum in Coles and she was just like, oh, thank you for letting Zeke come over. And she said, I just love his influence on my son. She said, he's just so calm and so peaceful and I just love having him... In our house and I just thought and I said I love his influence on his siblings too for that reason because <laughs> um, they're also a bit crazy and she was saying my son's a bit oh. and I just thought Zeke's personality is calm like he's pretty chilled and nothing much phases him but I also think in terms of the whisper of heaven and the presence of God, he carries something of the whisper of the peace of God, of the peace of heaven, and there's something of substance in his spirit that when he goes into places, yes, he's a calm he's calm in nature, but he's bringing the peace of God, and so that's what I mean. We carry the whisper, the little whisper we see of God, the experience, the, which, really, which is really only small compared to what we're going to experience in eternity, but we carry that whisper with us, and we're passing it on to everyone we meet. Our kids are passing it on to everyone they meet, and... Um, May we be reminded of that and be encouraged that we're, we're taking the goodness, the grace, the peace, the hope of God with us. And yeah, I just believe even this morning, I love that song, New Wine." God's wanting to do something new and fresh through us. And maybe if we have allowed the whisper to get a little bit polluted or convoluted along the way, that God just wants to freshen up our spirits and I guess reinvigorate us so that what's coming through us is fresh and it's life. And I might get us to stand. I'll get Rosie and Adam to come. See, we're finishing pretty early, and I thought that will allow us plenty of time to worship. So I said that, but I actually think we're going to sing that first worship song, if that's all right, Rosie and Adam, because I want to come back to finishing on what Louis Giglio was talking about in in terms of the largeness of God. So let's, yes, be encouraged that we're carrying the whisper of heaven, Let's be encouraged that we're taking our kids on the journey. Let's be intentional about leading them and and guiding them. They go where we point them and they're going to run ahead of us. But I want us to finish worshipping on this note from Indescribable on the largeness of God. And I'm going to pray for us that perhaps if we've got a little bit caught on the finite, if we've got a little bit caught on the here and now, and maybe there's a big situation we're facing, that even in this song, I just believe we're going to declare the goodness of God, the might of God, the largeness of God over everything that we're facing. May it be a moment of surrender. And yes, next time, I'm really excited to talk about that original environment that God created for our souls to flourish, because that does impact on how we carry the whisper of heaven, and that does impact on how we lead the next generation, but it's another message for itself. So... If you just want to close your eyes and pray with me, God, I just thank you that this morning you're enlarging our thinking. You're enlarging our spirits. I just thank you for some of these mind blowing facts that Louis Giglio presented about the size of our universe and our galaxy and the brightness of our stars and the And the sun and all these things out there God and it's kind of difficult to get our head around but I thank you that as Job says that all these things are but a whisper of who you are and I pray that this morning as we worship you that you give us a greater understanding of your might of your strength of your largeness whatever the battle is that we're facing as Louis Giglio said maybe there's maybe there's a bully maybe there's a difficult situation God Help us to know we are not alone. Help us to know we have the creator of the universe who spoke this all into existence on our side and fighting for us and making a way for us. And right now, God, we just want to lift up your name and praise you and thank you for who you are. Amen.